here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It is Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on a Beck Friday. You're shopping, getting some things done. I'm coming to you from the beautiful and unseasonably warm, at least for this time of year, West Michigan, Grand Rapids, high atop downtown where the sun is shining and it's always an honor, a privilege to be with you. We're going to tackle some big subjects coming up this hour. We'll check in with our folks down in Arizona, the latest in the election down there where they continue to count votes. We'll get that latest plus talk ESG and FTX, all these acronyms. Yeah, they seem pretty benign, but they really ought to be concerning what's happening with your money. We talk about it after this on the Glenn Beck Program. So all these acronyms uh, really sound pretty... Well, they sound kind of, you know, I, I don't know, sort of out of touch. They just sound, uh, you know, that's simple, but I don't really know. What, the, what is an ESG? What's an FTX? What are all these different things? Let me talk about some of these things, but basically let me boil it down to this. It's your money, and it's how folks can control you and our country. And FTX is a big crypto a company that has absolutely crumbled in the in the last know, several weeks or so uh, the corruption has been exposed the uh, things that were happening behind the scenes continue to come out we're going to talk about some of those things including esg uh, with a good friend from michigan here congressman bill heisinger michigan's fourth district he was just elected appreciate you being here with us congressman how are you Hey, Justin, good to be with you, and I hope you had a good turkey day. We were so close with the Lions yesterday. Oh, don't uh, even. That, don't was, even. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Hey, while we're on heartbreaking issues like yeah. ESG and FTX, yeah. we might as well throw the Lions in on that one. Speaking of heartburn, uh, it's Barkley and Beck today, uh, and we are in Michigan, yes, and yeah, we, we had a little bit of the Lions. We were used to a bit of that. Um, but look, as you bring up a point, there are some heartbreaking issues. FTX, one of these crazier stories, and you're, you're well positioned to talk about these things because of the committee that you're on Congressman, but let's start with FTX and, and what happened there. It appears now, I don't know, they paint this picture and it certainly ought to be looked into and hopefully you'll get some oversight on this, but it appears now that, uh, taxpayer money from Americans was sent over Ukraine in some ways, Ukraine sent money to FTX, and then FTX, this cryptocurrency run by this guy that looks like he's homeless, he's got this crazy hair, this guy named Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, SBF, FTX, ESG, all these acronyms. Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried then takes the money and he sends it off to all these Democrats and apparently is funding these, these campaigns. And, uh, you know, this, at the very least, looks like... A complete disaster. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, if Enron and Bertie Madoff had a baby, it would be named Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, I mean, this is uh, bad business. But then, clearly, it looks like an emerging picture of just outright fraud. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned the money that uh, that that uh, SBF, as he's uh, referred to. Uh, what he put into the political system it was 
$38 million directly uh, into uh, primarily Democrat causes and super uh, uh, PACs. Yeah. That's right behind George Soros. He's the number two Democrat <laughs> uh, donor behind George Soros. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of names emerge. Uh, the uh, you know there's been a little bit of a battle between uh, the agriculture sector, uh, which is uh, which is viewing crypto uh, as a commodity. And our uh, area, which uh, in the financial services realm, uh, views it more as a security. So the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, led by Gary Gensler, has been trying to get in there. A number of others have. But you're, you're going to be seeing some names emerge, including, I believe, some uh, a prominent senator from our home state of Michigan, who happened to be the chair of the Ag Committee. Uh, who are very big beneficiaries from this, but uh, this is it, it's it's unfortunate because the technology that lies below uh, crypto, this blockchain technology, is the technology of the future. Uh, what what uh, what Sam Bankman-Fried did is set back any acceptance into that, and frankly, it's I think going to be a, a bigger call for more governmental uh, regulation uh, in a space that has been fighting to have as light a touch as possible. But you know, this is just outright fraud and would be illegal whether there was regulation or not. And, and speaking of which, you know, obviously these these uh, the corruption that looks like took place here. I mean, there are pictures of uh, video and whatnot of. You know, Congresswoman Maxine Waters blowing kisses to this guy. And there's a list of donors, of folks who he do donated to. I mean, these are these are stories that the people are going to continue to hear about. Hopefully you get some oversight on this and break down and, and hold yeah. these people accountable. The next thing is ESG. And honestly, Glenn has touched on this uh, quite a bit. He's been fighting um, uh, this battle to tell people what's going on and how they uh, they, they, they can fight back. But... ESG, if we can break this down, it's 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 a scoring system that right now companies and financial institutions and eventually people are going to get scored on this, too. They're already looking at some of these sort of um, pilot programs. You get so, sort of a new credit score and the scoring system is all based on things that have really nothing to do with performance or it's all based on social environmental and then what governance it's it's all in social justice and things like that can you break this down and and give people a little bit of a glimpse at what you're dealing with there yeah and first and foremost <clears throat> i do want to give a shout out to glenn beck for doing this as well i found myself in the car during the campaign driving around listening to him yelling yes yes as he was talking <laughs> about it on radio because yeah. Uh, this is this is sort of that sneaky Pete issue that's been coming in that is going to have a massive impact on all of our lives. In fact, on Tuesday, the Department of Labor just came out and finalized a rule saying that pension funds, your 401ks and others, really don't have to be so worried about a return or materiality oh. anymore because they're now going to be able to uh, it, it factor in this environmental and social and governance uh, matrix wow. that, uh, as, as you point out, is 
uh, is really all about control and about uh, how we uh, how we bend society and 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 the economy uh, into the will of uh, of the government. And and you know the watchword in investing has always been materiality, materiality, materiality. Meaning, uh, is this issue material to you as an investor? Uh, and uh, and uh, what what the Securities and Exchange Commission has done now, uh, and now what the Department of Labor has done, has set all of that aside, and it really is more about the environment, but not just the environment. Uh, it's also diversity and inclusion, and and that's the social and the governance side of this. And uh, this is this is going to be uh, huge, and and it will literally, certainly in the short run. Uh, have an impact on returns and investment. Uh, if you have people pulling out of energy companies, for example, yeah. who are having some uh, having some record returns, uh, you know this this could have a very uh, detrimental long term effect as well. Which means you're going to have to work longer and, uh, and and before you can retire. If you're not getting the kind of return and the kind of uh, uh, you know benefit off of your investments. Congressman Bill Heisinger with us right now out of Michigan, and Congressman ESG, as you mentioned, will completely flip everything upside down uh, from meritocracy, merit-based. Hey, you're going to perform. You're 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 going to perform. We're going to see how well you do in the marketplace too. We really have our fingers on the levers and pulling the strings of every area of life. It's a way of centralizing control in a lot of ways. And this is very scary because this will cripple this country and particularly small businesses, the backbone of this, this nation, uh, because in order to do business with other businesses, you'll have to dance to whatever tune. I saw Biden wants to sit a billion dollars in reparations over the uh, climate. China's not getting involved in this, but you know, Oh, are you green? Is your business green? Are you socially are you are you is your rainbow flag flying outside your door are you doing all the are you checking out all the boxes that you need everything you got to dance to through the jump through the hoops in order to get your score up because otherwise if not suppliers won't deal with you because their score will be affected and and this will crush the economy here in america and and the little guy yeah by the way ftx going back to that first question ftx had one of the highest esg scores that oh, out there of course, uh, <laughs> of course they did it's, yes, of course it's they all did. a farce yeah it is that's that's it justin and let me give you a very specific example that i think everybody listening will uh, will be able to relate to all right securities and exchange commission has said you know we have to be so worried about uh the environment that we are going to not only require companies to report their scope one and scope two environmental emissions, which means uh, what what did they directly produce and what has uh, been been used uh, to deliver their products and that kind of thing, right? Totally makes sense for an energy company, a power company, something like that. They want what's called scope three. Now, the scope three is then all of the suppliers to those companies that are producing uh, this this energy or this uh, product, all right, it doesn't even have to be energy. So here's the here's the specific example: Gerber Baby Food. Gerber Baby Food happens mm-hmm. to be headquartered in my current district in Fremont, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerber is owned by Nestle, right? Big international corporation, publicly traded. 
So Nestle is going to be required, if these rules go through, to go not only to, uh, you know, their, their look at their own footprint, of which could be literally delivery vehicles and all the other things that they have to do, but who then is taking their product out and delivering it to the stores? What is their environmental footprint? But, oh, wait, under scope three, you have to actually go back to the farmer's who are producing the key, the, the, the carrots and the peas and the, and the corn that go into the baby food jars to have them figure out what their environmental impact is, mm-hmm. uh, not just on their fuel use, but it could be their fertilizers, all those things. And as one of these guys said to me, uh, he said, uh, compliance department, you're looking at it. Right. I mean, these are small, independent, right. family owned farms mm-hmm. that are now suddenly getting caught up into this massive movement. And it's going to have a huge effect. Congressman Bill Heising, you mentioned and this this is something that will dramatically transform life as you know it here in America. If we don't stop it, what do you recommend? What can people do? I mean, does it work when people call their congressman? Yeah, it does. I mean, don't give up on that, (laughs) even if it's as hard headed as they sometimes may feel like that that does affect people. All right. And 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 the staff be reasonable, but talk to them. And you also need to be talking to your investment advisors. Right. Uh, Whether it's uh, whether you're in a I don't care if you're in a union pension. I don't care if it's a 401k or whether you're doing something independently. Mm -hmm. um, Talk to talk to your investment advisors to say, Hey, how how can our voice and our message get uh, get through on this? Because it should be about return. How do you maximize return for that investment? Not just about uh, all all this other stuff, the E, the S, and the G that mm-hmm. uh, that the government's talking about. So people have got to have their voices be heard on this, and that's why I, I'm glad Glenn has been talking about this because it needs to get volume, both this one goes to 11, like crank it up, mm-hmm. but also the amount of communication that, uh, that policymakers uh, have in. And, and, and the, uh, both the Department of Labor and the Securities and Exchange Commission have had comment periods. And so if people are really wonky and want to go in and do that, that's another way of getting their voice to be heard. Congressman Bill Heise, a good fight and a good fight. Appreciate you talking with us and taking some time today on the Glenn Beck program. Justin, thanks. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon. Yeah, folks, we continue the fight. What else can you do? Glenn's got a couple of tips. We'll get into that after this. Barclay in for Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Some of the things that Glenn has talked about when it comes to ESG scores and how to fight back. Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. I, I agree with a, a lot of this. Um, we ha- First of all, is not. You have to make people aware. So you got to continue. When this podcast goes live, and it will go up wherever you get your podcasts, the Glenn Beck program or glennbeck.com, take it. Take a little piece of this. Share it with the friends, relatives, family. Make sure that they know. you got to make sure that folks are aware and that they understand what is at stake and what we're facing. Put your money in a local bank. Glenn Beck says. Why is that important? Well, all these other big banks, they're kind of really in line with each other. They want these ESG scores. It looks like they're pushing them in some ways or they're falling in line. But if your money is in a local bank or a local credit union, then you know where it is. You know what they're doing with it. You can have conversations. The truth, the answer is decentralization. Whether it comes to questions about election integrity, all elections, are they on the up and up or not? Well, the truth is, is that that's all about centralization of power. 
We got to get away from you know the the uh, the, the Washington D.C. running things or some Bond villain lookalike out of Davos or somewhere else, and get right back to where folks are making decisions in your own backyard, not places and far off places, and by people you'll never meet who have never met you and never been to where you live. This is all reasonable. This is all common sense. What we're talking about here. This is nothing new. You and I ought to have the opportunity to make decisions for ourselves and our families. Not that some other way around where somebody else looking down from their ivory tower shouting down at his peasants. That's not how it works. So put your money in a local bank. Like like chairs where everybody knows you walk in, you know the people behind the counter. Stop doing businesses with corporations that support ESG. And here's another piece of that. It's not just doing businesses with folks. Make sure you let them know that you intend to stop doing business because of their practices and how they support this ESG nonsense. And then uh, Congressman just mentioned it, but these pension funds or where your money is invested, have conversations with those people. The people that are doing the investing, all of you have conversations with you. You tell them you don't want your money in any of these funds or supporting any of this ESG nonsense. You got to get educated, though. We all have to. Listen, we're always in reactive mode. We've got to get ahead of it and we've got to be proactive. There's still a chance to stop this stuff. But we've got to get in the ballgame now. Listen, I just had uh, about a month, well, three weeks ago, our little baby girl, our second, was born. I got two daughters now. She's absolutely perfect. But our kids, it's for them and our grandkids. It's for their future. It's not just about how you and I are going to be able to live out our lives or, or retirement or whatever any of that looks like down the road. It's about making sure that we leave them a country that even halfway resembles what this nation was and is. The greatness, the restoration. Oh, it's possible. But together, we must stand up. And we must fight. And we'll go down to Arizona where they're doing just that. Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham is on the line. We're talking to him about the latest in Arizona after this. It's Barclay, Justin Barclay, and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. What? the heck is happening in Arizona? Specifically Maricopa County. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. To answer that question, we decided to go straight to Arizona, straight to the source, and see if we could figure this out. Here's one man who said that he's been voting for 30 years in Arizona, and he just went to check the stout of his ballot, and, and they said he didn't vote. He can't figure it out. Hi, uh, I've been a resident of Arizona for 30 years. 
been a lifelong registered Republican. I voted in every election, primary and regular. I voted on, uh, voted on Tuesday morning uh, at the polling place. Everything seems to go fine. I go online and the Maricopa County Reporter's Office says, I didn't vote. Yeah, uh, what? By the way, he's not the only one. There was so many issues in Maricopa County specifically, but all throughout the state. What the heck is going on there? Joining us right now is a candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona. Arizona State Rep. Mark Finch, appreciate you being here with us today. How are you, Mark? I'm good, Justin. Thank you for having me on the on the show. Yeah, this is uh, Arizona has turned into a steaming garbage heap of an election. It's not just Maricopa County. In fact, uh, there's video that came out uh, a couple of days ago of a poll, uh, an elections worker in Pima County with boxes of ballots that they're running through a tabulator. And it was the video was just starkly reminiscent of Georgia, Fulton County, where they kept swapping things back and forth and counting things over and over and over again. So, uh, and then, of course, we've got Apache County where suddenly they have a significant increase in voters. Just they need to have more time to count votes. OK, this is one of the smaller counties in the state and they need more time than Maricopa County. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. So we've got a. We've Are got they a still counting, Mark? Here. Are they still counting in, in the in different counties in Arizona? Um, last I knew. There are a couple of counties that are still counting what are called provisional ballots. Those are ballots okay. where somebody said, I, I haven't voted yet, but the polls say they have. I mean, we've got, there's so many different uh, elements to this that it, it would take two hours to explain it to you. Yeah. So I'll try and be really brief. <laughs> no, um, I, I understand. So the piece that you just played, we have hundreds of people yeah. who are making the same assertion. I've so seen. to your listeners, if you are an Arizona voter and you're being told that you didn't vote, you go up and you can check most of the counties. You can go up and check to make sure that your ballot has been received and counted. Um, if, if you're one of those people like this gentleman that you just paid, played the clip of, I need to hear from you because that is a violation of HAVA, which is the Help America Vote Act. And that is a clear disenfranchisement of a voter. Yeah. And I, I would love to hear from you uh, at Mark at votefincham.com because we probably will be helping people get connected with an attorney that can file a class action lawsuit for that. Mark, what about but, these people who went on election day and were told that their vote, you know, uh, well, it didn't go through the machine or they were told to go somewhere else or they just waited in line hours. I mean, on election day, these issues, uh, some of the things that I've seen and heard in the videos, I mean, it's just, I can't imagine that in America, somebody told me earlier, you know, Ryan Seacrest can count 12 million votes on American Isle during the commercial break, but we can't get it together to get these votes counted on election day like this. It's either just complete incompetence like we've never seen on a scale ever before in the history of this country, or it's intentional and neither one well, is good. Let me lay out the theory of the case for you, Justin. There were no problems with early voting. So we actually have election month, not election day here, which that in itself is a massive problem. But people, uh, you know, vote by mail has become ensconced in Arizona. In fact, 80% of the voting I used to vote by mail did for, I think, 20 some elections. 
until I realize that the chain of custody for the ballots is broken the minute I let go of it. Mm-hmm. And it goes to somebody else other than an election official. So, and of course, the Guardian wanted to make a big deal out of that. It's like, hey, only an imbecile would continue to do something that they realize is a problem. But we've got all of the early voting. They had zero problems with tabulation of those ballots. Now, keep in mind, that is predominantly Democrat voters. Most Republican voters vote the day of the election. They go to the polls, and whether they have a mail-in ballot or they go to the polls and they get an on-demand printed ballot, Most Republicans go to the polls. Suddenly, on election day, the tabulation equipment goes down. It's either not working, it's not recording votes. Uh, I've talked to some people that had to put their ballot in two different machines as many as 15, 20 times. And finally, they were told, oh, you're going to have to put it in drawer drawer three and we'll count it later. Well, keep in mind, that creates a queue of people that are waiting three, four, five hours to vote. And finally, you know, folks are just like, I, I can't wait anymore. I got to go back to work or <clears throat> whatever their issue. So we know that there are tens of thousands because this happened at 60 some percent of the voting centers. And it cropped its head up at like 830. In the morning. How do you open the polls at seven o'clock in the morning? And at 830, you've run out of toner for the printers. It's it's unthinkable. That's, that's massive incompetence, at least. But I think there is growing evidence that this was a planned event. And, I, yeah, I'm going to say it. I think that this this whole thing was planned to suppress the, quote, MAGA vote, you know, make America great again. I don't know why people have a problem with that. Even Republicans here in the state of Arizona have a problem with that. In fact, Stephen Richard, the Maricopa County recorder, a Republican, allegedly, Bill Gates, Maricopa County supervisor in charge of elections, a Republican, or so he claims, both of them formed a PAC in 2021 to see to it that, quote, MAGA candidates were hampered from making it through the election. Tell me that there isn't some kind of bias, <laughs> that there isn't a thumb on the scale of election fairness there. I don't understand but, that. To it. And I can't understand how Katie Hobbs is allowed to to run this election uh, in which she's she's competing for governor. I mean, it's 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 exactly. Well, and many of the things that were reported, she should have been all over. Instead, she was silent. Now, I've I've got to I can't confirm this, but I'm told through the grapevine that her staff has been scrambling to put together a transition team because they had no idea that they would win. (laughs) Okay, so there's some things, some anomalies in this that it's certain, guaranteed certain, that this was a a fraud of an election and we will be going to court and, and we have to wait until the case is what they call ripe. So until Maricopa County and some of the other counties certify their election, we can't go to court because the best we could do is a stay to keep them from counting and and certifying the election. Well, all that does is make this a very protracted thing. So we want them to certify because then we can go into court and say, okay, you've certified an uncertifiable election. The election in Maricopa County is irredeemably compromised mm-hmm. because of the disenfranchisement of tens of thousands of voters. And we don't even know how many people – because. 
think about this. You, you send your ballot to the county and you expect that they're going to do what they're charged to do. The fact that the gentleman you played at the opening of this segment just happened to go up and take a look. How many, how many people don't even think to go do that? They just trusted that the government did its job. Mm. So I'm very concerned about this. And, you know, if you've got an Arizona voter listening to this thing, they need to validate whether or not their ballot was received and counted. That's probably the biggest piece of advice I can give folks right now. And if it wasn't, if you mailed one in or you went in person and your record, particularly in Maricopa County, is not showing that you cast a, a vote, we need to hear from you because you can be part of a class action suit. Mark, how can folks stay in touch with you or find out uh, more about what's happening in Arizona, particularly stay plugged in on this? Uh, there's a couple of ways. One, they can go to votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E, F like Frank, I-N like Nancy, C-H-E-M like Mark, dot com. If they click on the news tab, um, we try, we're trying to curate all of the news that's coming in, but there are so many developments that are going fast and furious. The other thing they can do, um, obviously listen to this program, uh, but check out Gateway Pundit and Western Journal. Those are two organizations that are covering this like ugly on an ape. So, uh, and the, the, the legacy media, they're not going to cover this because they're perfectly happy with the idea that Arizona is a, quote, allegedly blue state. I'm here to tell you it's not. And what has happened here is a terrible assault on, on suffrage. The other thing folks can do if they want to contact me directly, they can just send an email to Mark at, that's M-A-R-K, at votefincham.com. Um, now, we are trying to raise money for litigation, so there's a donate button on that website. If people want to help us out, um, we would appreciate it. But Arizona is ground zero for turning the tide on election fraud, and that's what this is. It's a massive fraud. I cannot believe that this was unintentional. Either way, uh, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, intentional or <sighs> irresponsible, I don't know the best word for it. It's uh, its something. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, the Secretary of State candidate in Arizona, Mark Fitchum, the uh, Arizona State Rep. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Justin. Have a great day. You too. God bless. Folks, uh <laughs> I uh, I gotta I gotta tell you, it's stuff like this that is continually, for the, especially for the election denier crowd. Nobody's denying their election. I don't know that you could call this an election, although at this point nobody's denying their election. But boy, we got some questions. And you know what? In Arizona, they got some splaining to do, don't they? Particularly in Maricopa County. Uh, more explaining from folks like Fauci coming up in just a bit. We'll take a quick break, and we're back on the Glenn Beck program after this. It's Barclay in for Beck. Stand up! This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, so much, so much to get through. Never enough time uh, filling in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. It's Justin Barkley. Appreciate you being here today on a Beck Friday, Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, JustinBarclay.com. Love to stay in touch with you. But before we get out of here, uh, there are some Tony Fauci pieces. There's some Fauci news, and I like to call this a Rona report. 
and a little bad medicine. But Fauci, before everything kicked off in the Thanksgiving festivities, he held, I don't know if you saw this, it was the last big hurrah at the White House, the last big press conference, and uh, he, he was again. Yeah, I had to... I saw this news trending the other day, and I had to check the date. Wait a minute. Is this real? Is this new? No, he was telling people that should go get tested and boosted and mask 2022 for Thanksgiving. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Huh? Whether or not you wear a mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So yeah. when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place. Test. You might want to go get a, this is just, you might want to go get a test before you come in, you know, to meet your family and have the Thanksgiving and eat the turkey. Yeah. I'm not the only turkey this year. Ah. <laughs> Don't forget. As we say, farewell, Fauci, you're fired. And don't forget, as we say farewell to Fauci, that the man once said, I am the science. And by the way, how about the Rona report from the high priest of health, St. Anthony of Wuhan, telling people that you're gonna, you got to go out and get jabbed because if you don't get your 17th booster or whatever they're on now, now listen, whatever you choose to do is your thing. But if you don't get the 17th booster, well, that you're you're the real danger. In fact, if you haven't been boosted or jabbed at all, you're the real problem. He said, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at this, vaccinated Americans. A headline from Fox News: A majority of COVID deaths for the first time in August. Fifty-eight percent of COVID deaths were jabbed. The number is still climbing. China has record COVID numbers in a country. They had a zero COVID policy. Zero COVID. Many of the people there the never even been exposed. They've never even been exposed to it. So who knows what happens there? And I've been following uh, Eric Schmidt. If if you haven't seen on uh, on Twitter, he's he's been tweeting some great things. Uh, one thing in particular, he just tweeted was Fauci. Saki and the rest of them, they all had to be deposed the other day for this, this lawsuit, the attorneys general from several states. Fauci deposition tidbit. In February 20, he emailed a friend advising her masks were ineffective. Confirmed again on March 31st. Then on April 3rd, he's adamant masks should be worn. Even though he couldn't cite a single study to prove it. Mandates followed, lives ruined, he said. But the good news, Fauci is done. Gone fired follow me for more good news i've got a good news letter i'd love to send you things that uh, may put a smile on your face and keep up with you after all justinbarclay.com b-a-r-c-l-a-y for my good news letter and also at mr justin barclay all the social media places it's always a pleasure and an honor to be asked to fill in for glenn in the big chair make it a great weekend and god bless the glenn back program